Hey parents, thanks for joining us for the beginning of season two of our Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Gardner. If this is your first time uh, listening, I'm the minister to students here at Flourishing Grace Church, um, and I'm super excited for this season. We have a lot of good content for you guys and some guests. They're going to be coming on, talking about different things uh, throughout the semester, um, but this is kind of the official start uh, for uh, our season two podcast. And so with that, I kind of wanted to start with something a little bit different, um, because as you know, our student ministry is all about leading students and their parents into flourishing relationships with Jesus. That's what we're all about here. And so part of that, there's there's a lot of different ways we do that. To break it down to three sections, we, we pour into your students, we pour into you as a parent, and then we pour into our leaders uh, to lead and disciple your kids as well. Um, and I was thinking about this um, a lot, and I realized I... There are a lot of things that I do as the minister of students um, that I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm very passionate that they are going to help you and your students towards a flourishing relationship with Jesus. Um, And so I kind of wanted to give you the reasons for those things. And so I really narrowed it down to four things uh, that gave me a love for Jesus at a young age uh, with kind of a fifth bonus thing. Um, That was really after I left my house that really continued to stoke that fire. And so I thought, man, to give you these four things to say, look, these are the things that God did in my life. Um, But really other people around me just listened to uh, what God was saying in his word. um, And they just participated in discipling me. And so that's why we're so big into discipling here. We believe that discipleship is the avenue in which all of this flourishing happens. Um, and so that's why we say you are the primary disciple makers of your kids, but also we help disciple you and help and help disciple your students as well. So I want to break that down. Four things, um, four things that like really big bucket things that just impacted me as a young kid, as a child, as a teenager, um, that really transformed my life. Um, and so the first thing is this, my parents just loved Jesus. Uh, my parents loved Jesus. The, the thing is, my, my parents weren't uh, perfect people. No one is. Um, they showed their flaws. They showed their sins all the time. Um, but they just loved Jesus. Um, when I was a kid, I remember hearing, um, I, I think it was before I was 10, hearing my mom's story of how she became a follower of Jesus um, at this uh, at this church thing. She just shared how she became a follower of Jesus. And, and I thought it was crazy. My mom grew up in a home uh, with a, a mom who was semi-religious, uh, but not really, um, and then a dad who was extremely atheist. Um, and so my mom kind of grew up as an atheist. She grew up hating uh, the idea of God and, and hating uh, God or or really just not believing uh, in in the existence of God, um, and she she recounted about how when she was a kid, even someone down the street from her, another kid shared the gospel with her, and all these things. Um, and my dad grew up as a Christian. Um, they both met um, when they were in their teens. At they both worked at Six Flags over Texas, and so they met there. Um, and then shortly after they both graduated high school, uh, they got married. Um, and, uh, my, my mom, she did business to business marketing, 
Um, and so she would come home and like work on her stuff and then go back out. And she said they, there was a, uh, kind of a, a Christian news channel. Um, and she happened to just turn it on at some point. And every day they would share these testimonies of people who had believed in Jesus. And so after like days of hearing that, she, she picked up a Bible, uh, and she just read, um, I don't even know where one of the gospels, I think, and just, uh, by herself. I think she, if she hears this, she might be like, no, that's not right. But I think how the story goes is she was sitting in like a mall or a library where she got the Bible and she gave her life to Jesus and basically called my dad at work or when my dad got home from work and basically said, Hey, we need to find a church. Um, and it was like this crazy thing. And so then after that, both my parents really started actually pursuing Jesus um, my dad was a follower of Jesus, but not not really pursuing him. And so in this, they started to pursue him, and they started having kids. And I'm I'm the third, the last kid uh, in the family. Um, but growing up, we went to a small church. Uh, we were at church every week. Um, and a church for us, even though we lived in Texas, we drove 45 minutes to church, uh, and it was a, a whole Sunday ordeal. I mean, we were gone all day, and if uh, sometimes my dad was teaching, uh, he would teach a Bible study sometimes at night. Uh, and so we drive back, um, an hour and a half round trip to go back for this Sunday school thing. And, and I, I just remember it, it wasn't for my parents. It wasn't about being at church. It wasn't about, uh, you know, doing all the things they genuinely knew that what Jesus had done for them on the cross and had died for them and rose from the dead and, and had changed their lives. Um, and so they were just hungry for God's word. And in that, we were kind of caught up in that. And so even images of, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, my mom reading her Bible every morning, I would come downstairs and I would leave when I was driving, leave for, for school. My mom would be sitting in the same chair, reading her Bible and praying or doing a Bible study. And every night my dad would be reading a, a commentary or, or something like that and, and spending time with God. And, and so seeing that all the time, but also making it a priority, making God a priority of our lives. We would do uh, occasionally, but not not honestly fully regularly. We would do some Bible studies and, and prayer, things like that. But honestly, it was just how they talked about Jesus. Jesus was the center of everything in their lives. And so everything was around the framework of, uh, does this glorify God? Um, is this part of what God has for our lives? And that included uh, what we as kids were involved in as well. Um, and so this was a huge part is my parents just loved Jesus. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like when I became a teenager, my parents said, Hey, you have to get a job. If you're going to drive, you have to be able to pay for gas and, and things like that. Uh, and so you're, you're going to get a job. And so when I turned 16, I got a job and my, my parents didn't even tell me at that point, Hey, you can't, um, you, you can't work on Sundays and you can't work on Wednesdays is when we had our student ministry. I just didn't work on those days because I wanted to be a part of those things because I knew the church is where God, uh, God brings his people together in local churches and we're equipped and, and trans or transformed in that time, uh, to reorient ourselves more towards Jesus in those times. And so they were just valuable to me. And it wasn't, my parents literally never said, at least that I can recall, you can't work on these days or you can't, you have to go to church. It was literally out of a love that they had for the local church and Jesus, the love they have for Jesus that, express that. And so maybe some of you are dealing with 
a kid who doesn't want to go to church, um, maybe look at yourself and ask yourself, is church a chore for you to do? Or is church something that you delight in and you want to head towards? Um, If it's not, that might be something you need to look at. Uh, Why is it that you go to church? Do you go to church because you feel like you have to repent of what you've done for the week or feel like, ah, man, God will be more on my side if I go to church? Or do you go to church because you love Jesus and you know what he's done for you and you know, yeah, you're messed up and you're screwed up, but yet God has died for you and rose from the dead and saved you and adopted you. And so you just want to go and be a part of other people who are literally the same as you. Um, and so that's, that's my question for you. See how my parents just, they loved Jesus. They absolutely loved Jesus. And they just taught me how to love Jesus. Uh, the second thing is I I remember learning deep things about God at a young age. And what I mean by that is in a couple ways, one at the church I grew up in, uh, so it was a, a small church. It was a, it was a, uh, kind of a, the denomination is, is called Plymouth Brethren, but it's kind of like, it sounds creepier than it actually is because it's really not. It's basically kind of spin off of a little bit of Puritans and some things like that. And, and, um, but it was just a small congregational expression, which, which means that there wasn't a main pastor, um, that there was an elder team who led it and they all preached and there were sermon series and stuff like that, but it was through books of the Bible and people were preaching. But what's crazy is for church, it was three hours long and you were there the entire time. So like from nine to 10 was what they called the remembrance service where people literally just randomly in the congregation stood up and read a passage of scripture that was about Jesus, that that had impacted them that week. And then someone else would stand up and they found a hymn that was connected to that passage and they would just start singing it. And then everyone would sing the song acapella. Like that's just how it was. Um, people would just sing with their voices and, um, that would happen. And then at the end, about 45 minutes in at the end, we would do uh, communion. We'd break bread every week and remember why we were there. Um, and then we'd have like 15 minute, like cookies and coffee hangout. And then, f- then 45 minutes of a Sunday school, we break up into groups based on ages and do Sunday school. Again, this was like less than 50 people. So it wasn't a lot of people. And then the last hour we would sing again, a little bit with hymns with a piano or something like that. And then we would have someone who would preach a sermon. Um, and so we were, you know, anybody, in our church, uh, any man that was that was over the age of eighteen uh, w- would kind of preach, and they would help them preach and stuff like that. Uh, and so, but I was there for all of those things um, at a young age. Like I remember, even when I was really little, like my mom letting me bring Hot Wheels into church because I was too little to really understand. But when I was in elementary school, it turned from Hot Wheels to coloring, and it turned into actually paying attention a little bit. And so I started to learn all these things about Jesus at a young age, like actually learn who God was and what he had for me and the beauty of that God wasn't waiting for me to grow up to follow him, that he uh, wanted me to trust him even at a young age. So I remember things like in our family prayer time throughout the week or during the week, we'd pray, we'd do like a prayer kind of Bible study once, I think Sunday night or not Sunday nights. I can't remember what night of the week, but, and I remember when I was a little kid, even like having enough faith, like I was scared of the dark and in that praying, like, I know God loves me. He protects me. And so I would ask like, Hey, can we pray? Can I pray just like God would, would give me peace tonight and, and learning about God and learning that 
he he loves me and he cares for me and what he has for me is better than than what I have for myself from a really young age. Uh, does that mean I didn't screw up? No, I made a bunch of terrible decisions that uh, even though I knew all these things about God. Um, but I think that knowing and learning about God at such a young age and my parents weren't kind of putting kid gloves on me. Uh, they really just taught me like I was an adult almost. Here's who God is. Obviously, they, they used uh, kid terminology and what kids understand, but they really just taught me who Jesus was. And so I remember even walking into my parents' bedroom, saying goodnight to my parents, my dad reading a commentary. And if I asked, like, hey, dad, what are you reading? He would tell me about it. And I remember him telling me about crazy stuff in the Old Testament that I didn't fully understand. But I remember him sitting there just talking about how um, God is so amazing and just his wonder of who God was and in these little snippets of, and me just, just wanting that kind of relationship that my dad had with God. Um, and then also my parents didn't settle for Sunday school answers. Like when we would talk about Jesus, like my dad and my mom would always dive into more and more like, okay, but what does Jesus really want for your life? Like, and they would have these conversations with us. And so, yeah, I, I learned deep things about God at a young age. I wasn't, my parents weren't scared of, of kind of, uh, you know, putting kid gloves on or, or uh, worried that I wasn't going to understand it. Because honestly, if I preached or if, uh, if they talked over me a little bit, it's not as big of a deal as if they're talking under me. Um, and I think this section is really important for to me too because we really teach your students like right now we're going through the book of exodus exodus is a hard book it's a difficult book but it's such a beautiful book gosh it's such a beautiful real historical event that happened in which we see the grace of god and the beauty of who jesus is and it, and it, and it directly affects us today and so that's why we, we don't shy away from any pieces of scripture. We are going to read the Bible as a whole, and we're going to show students what does that mean for your life. Um, because here's what happens is a lot of kids, they grow up going to church and, and really getting handled with kid gloves, and then they go off to college, and they're asked all these crazy hard questions about God, and they think, oh, there must not be answers for this. Even though that's not true, it's just we haven't given them the tools to actually study the Bible. So for instance, like right now for our high school huddles, we I, like I through using some other people's resources, I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, but I took a few other people's resources and designed a uh, Bible reading plan. It's really a Bible study plan for a high schooler. So they read the same passage every day for five days and it's through the book of Exodus, but every day they ask themselves different questions. We show them how to do cross references. We show them how to, how to really read and understand their Bible. And when they don't understand it, we ask them or we show them where to look and where are biblical resources to look for these things. Um, and so this, these were tools that I didn't have until college um, that I wish I had. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we do this is because I believe that students can learn a lot more than we think they can. Many of them are in AP classes. Uh, many of them are in, uh, yeah, many of them are in AP classes and, and, and all these different things. Um, and they can learn a lot more than we think they can learn. Um, the third thing was just leaders, especially in my teen years. So when I was uh, in seventh grade, we moved from that small church um, to a church closer to us, which was the right move. Uh, 
because especially in Texas, like we were driving past, I don't know, uh, 40 decent, good gospel believing churches to get to the church that we were going to. And so we ended up going to one about five minutes down the street from us, which is church of the cross. Um, if you didn't know that, I like grew up basically at Church of the Cross. For those of you who don't know, Church of the Cross is kind of a partner church of ours. It's uh, where I ended up interning later on. It's where John Kang uh, came from. It's where Parish of Sydney Darnay went as well. Um, anyway, but in those teen years, my uh, my leaders on Sunday mornings uh, really just loved me well. Um, and they cared for us. They spent... They spent years with us. They would they would continue with us. Uh, I remember like my leaders from eighth grade all the way until I graduated were the same, um, and they just loved us really well. They supported us. They challenged us like with hard things. Like it made us really think about what does it look like to actually follow Jesus. And then the same with uh, yeah or yeah supported us, challenged us to the point where I was really. Like when I went off to college, these leaders, like I was talking to them about those things, but also I was looking at these leaders going, man, I want to be like these men. Like maybe I am, you know, one of them was a vice president of a bank and this guy who just knew everyone in town, absolutely amazing, just uh, kind and would give anything, give the shirt off your back or off his back literally to you to anyone, anyone who is in need. And he just reflected the image of Jesus to us. He also challenged us. Like he was the first person that said, Hey, we're going to do a challenge. And he made it like a little bit of a a challenge between us as, uh, I forgot what grade we're in, maybe ninth graders, I think of challenging us to read our Bible every day and just see if God would do something. And so he had me read the Proverbs. I read the proverb of the day, you know, if you're, if it's, you know, the fourth, you read, Proverbs chapter four. Um, and he had us do that. And I read the Bible for a whole month and that transformed my heart for God's word. I just, I, I couldn't get enough of it, um, after that. And so he just really poured into us thought of creative ways. He, he did things like just was at our door, uh, when we had exams, giving us candy and just being supportive and our, like our biggest cheerleader about anything that was going on. And uh, him and his wife were both just amazing in that way. And so I had these leaders who just cared for me and loved me well and were good examples of what it means to follow Jesus. And so that's why here at Flourishing Grace, like I always tell people, I, I'm I'm so blessed as a student uh, minister because when I got here, there was no one uh, who was really helping in student ministry. So I prayed and I asked God to bring people because I knew if we didn't have leaders, it's going to fail. And now we have, uh, like in total, 13 leaders, if you count huddle leaders and midweek leaders, 13 leaders who pour into your students. Um, And if you think about that ratio compared to how many students we have in our ministry, like that's a crazy ratio. And the whole point of that is we want for each of our adults to be able to pour into a few students. They can't pour into eight, they can't pour into 10, but they can pour into four they can pour into three. And so, man, for us to have those leaders uh, for your students is amazing. And so I encourage you to use those leaders. Like if your student is in a huddle, like if you have not had a real conversation, 
more than just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah, good. With your kid's huddle leader, I recommend, I, I actually strongly, strongly, strongly advise you to go and do that like in the next week. Call up your huddle leader, call or text them and say, hey, could we grab lunch with you after church? Uh, you know, you and your spouse or you and your family, we'd love to just hang out. Um, for, for me, my parents were actually friends, ended up being friends with some of my leaders. Um, and so we, we were that family that we would only go out to dinner or go out to eat once a, a week, really. Um, and it was always Sundays after church. Sundays after church, and we got to eat with people from church, and, and most of the time, this uh, leader and his family would be there alongside. So they ended up becoming friends with my parents uh, to the point of, like, when I left off for college, like, they talked more than I did uh, to them. And so, man, I encourage you to actually pour into the, the leaders, or, or not pour into them necessarily, but to get to know them and actually uh, talk through real and honest things with them. Tell them things like, man, I'm, I'm worried about my kids in this way. Or, man, I'm just struggling to actually do blank with my students. Or, man, when my student acts this way, I just I get so frustrated and I don't know what to do and I need your, I need your help. Um, man, these leaders are here for you in that way. So please, like, if you're not doing that, you're missing out on something huge. Um, I honestly believe that. Um, the fourth thing is that I had a youth pastor who just cared and gave me opportunities. Um, my youth pastor, Pete, he ended up uh, actually marrying m- me and my wife, uh, uh, or, or he uh, <laughs> did the service. I always say that really weird. He ended up d- doing the uh, uh, doing our wedding, and actually, uh, man, Pete is just an amazing guy who cared for us, loved us really well. Obviously, he was super close to me and my wife, Um and uh, really only knew Rachel for, you know, her junior and senior year um, is when she started going to our student ministry. And um, but what I loved about Pete is that I had a desire to teach God's word when I was a kid uh, and when I was in high school. And I didn't uh, I didn't think I was going to be in ministry or anything like that. I just had a desire to teach people. And so he he pushed me to like, yes, yeah, start a Bible study. Yeah. Here you want to teach on a Thursday or on a Wednesday night. Man, that was an awful decision. It, it was a good decision, but it was awful in the sense of the sermon was so bad. Um, and he let me do two in a row, which was even worse. Um, and yet that gave me such an opportunity to grow in teaching the Bible. And, uh, it, it was, ended up being great. He just cared for us in that way. And he was like that to all of our, our students and on mission trips and camps. Uh, he just had great conversations with me. I, I think I've told some of you the story about, we went to Gloria or, um, not Glorietta. We went to, uh, basically the, as very South as you can get, um, in Texas, like basically you're on the border of Mexico and did a mission trip down there, uh, my senior year. Um, and I was really just contemplating college and, and what to do and all these things. And I'd been applying to all these things. And I just, I just didn't know. And, and like, he ended up like, I remember we pulled a bunch of our, like, uh, uh, like blow up mattresses outside because it was hot in the church that we were staying and we were all like girls were in one room guys were in the other and so he just pulled his mattress out he ended up like throwing it on top of the u-haul and then a bunch of us guys were just on the porch and put our put our mattresses out and we just talked until like two or three in the morning when we fell asleep like he he would just do that he would just talk to us and talk through um man what does it look like 
for you? What is God calling you to and stuff like that? And that's a huge thing for me. So I want to be a resource to your kids, uh, to your teenagers in that way. Like I, I care for them that deeply because I know uh, having an adult who, who genuinely loves you despite your dumb decisions, because I made some dumb decisions in front of Pete, uh, and yet he loved me and cared for me, uh, and he wanted to help me follow Jesus. Um, and so he was ready and available for every conversation. Um, and so that's what I carry over to this student ministry as well. Like I'm ready and available for every conversation. Um, and so, yeah, those are the kind of the four things that really just stuck out to me as I was thinking about this, that gave me a love for Jesus at a young age, just to go back through them. My parents loved Jesus. I learned deep things about God at a young age. Leaders in my teen years really cared for me and were there. And then my youth pastor just cared for me uh, with those opportunities. And so, uh, man, I encourage you in these things. Uh, I'm not, these aren't like, I'm, I'm not saying these things to say like, you need to change stuff up and do stuff different. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is, man, this is why I am so passionate. Maybe after hearing this, you'll understand why I'm so passionate about huddles, why I'm so passionate about our midweek uh, for students, why I'm so passionate about your students going to the actual gathering on Sunday mornings and how I believe that that's important and it should, like, taking the extra hour and 15 minutes out of your week uh, when they're spending... 25 hours on their phone is like good for them. Um, and so I hope that that gives you a little bit of insight into that. And I, and I hope that that's your, that that's what you want for your kids too, is that they would love Jesus above everything else. Um, and I want to help you in that. Lastly, just kind of, I said there was going to be like a bonus one. Um, really a big thing that, that transformed my life and made me start to, uh, really, see what Jesus has for all of us as followers of Jesus is when I was in college ministry, um, I, uh, I was, I joined a college ministry that was connected to our, the, one of the local churches in the town. I was first Baptist Denton and it was the college ministry was called overflow. Um, and my college pastor cared a lot about the gospel being proclaimed. He cared about the lost in our city. Uh, we were, I went to the University of North Texas that had so many people who were from other countries um, and countries where there were so many unreached people groups um, and things like that, that uh, he just cared deeply for us to be uh, people who go and we pray. He cared about prayer. He cared about the Great Commission and he cared about discipleship. That was a big thing. He said, look, like to be a Christian is to be a disciple. Somehow we have separated those two things. Like, oh, you can be a Christian, but then you can, like, decide whether or not you want to be a disciple. But the reality is, like, that's not true. To follow Jesus, we have to be his disciples, which means we sit under him. We sit under Jesus and we follow him. But then we go out and we proclaim the gospel and we baptize people and we teach people to obey everything that Jesus commanded us. Like, this is the call of the Christian to go to the nations, to go to our enemies, to go across the world. Um, and so he just put this fire in my heart for unreached people groups and for people who don't know Jesus. And to be honest, if I hadn't gone to that college ministry, I probably wouldn't be in Utah right now. Um, because that just made me realize that there are people, whole groups of people, uh, that don't 
know, have never even heard about Jesus. And then when Utah came along as this place that's as close as you can get to being outside of our country in the sense of a whole group of people that believes the wrong things about Jesus and, and not the truth about Jesus, uh, not the biblical Jesus, um, man, it just, it changed my life. So, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm here is because of really that turning from turning from within of just my relationship with Jesus to out to see, Oh, God has a bigger purpose than myself. God has a bigger purpose than what's the biggest job, the best job that I can get that makes the most money. What's the biggest house and the stuff that I want? How can I have security so that when I'm old and I'm frail and I'm, I'm, I'm losing different, uh, just different things. My mind losing, you know, having trouble with my heart. How can I be, uh, how can I be secure? It was more than that. It's man, God has his kingdom that's expanding and he's using us to go and proclaim eternity in the gospel, uh, to others. And so that one is after, but man, that's, I have a heart for that for our students. I have a heart that they would know those things before they go to college. Cause I knew, and I met so many students who grew up in Bible believing gospel loving like gospel preaching churches that had never heard, oh, I should make disciples and be a disciple or not should. That is what I'm called to do. Um, and so that's what I call our students to to do too. not just invite their friends to stuff, but actually disciple them. Say, hey, can I tell you, can I be a witness? Can I actually show here's what Jesus has done for me and and why he can change your life and how he brings you from death to life. Um, and how he's done that to me. And so, man, I, I hope these things are helpful to you. Um, again, that fifth one is I just had a college ministry that was attached to a local church and and, and uh, taught me about the kingdom of God and the Great Commission and, and things like that and discipleship and what that looks like. If you ever ask me, you know, what's the drive behind uh, our student ministry, I'll probably send you this this podcast because man this is my heart this is josh gardner's heart for our student ministry and i i hope that this helps you in your parenting too to say look you you're not alone in parenting and discipling your kids we are here for you as a church not just our student ministry but our church flourishing grace church our staff is here uh paul calls uh into in like to timothy he says that the work of the, the pastors and, and shepherds is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's what our job is. Our job is ultimately that. And, and sometimes we have it wrong where we think the pastors are supposed to preach the gospel and do the ministry, but actually we are called to equip the saints. That's you. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's you for the work of ministry. And part of your ministry as a parent is to your kids discipling your kids. So maybe you're sitting here and you're going, Josh, I, d- I don't know how to disciple my kids. I don't know how to disciple my kids. Well, two things. I want you to, A, I want you to email me or text me. If you have my phone number, email me, text me and say, hey, I, I just, can we grab some coffee? I want to talk about this. Um, or, hey, can we get on a quick phone call? I just want to talk about this. And then two, check out our resources on our 
uh, on our Parent Center, FlourishingGrace.org slash Parent Center. Uh, you can find all these resources that'll help you. Uh, even things like table talk questions where after a Thursday night, it gives you resources to talk about for breakfast on Friday morning or for dinner throughout the weekend. You can actually have a conversation with your kids about following Jesus. Or if your kid is in a huddle, you can. there's uh, different ways that you can just spend time talking to them about Jesus. And so I encourage you to press on, uh, pray. Um, if you haven't, Listen to our podcast from last season on prayer. Make sure you check that out because that's honestly where you need to start in all of this is praying and asking God to work in your heart that out of the outflowing of or out of the outpouring of the spirit onto you that you would pour out onto your kids. That's my hope for you. Thanks for joining us uh, for this episode of the uh, Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. I'm excited for this semester. We hope that you stick along with us as we have some great guests and some other things going on uh, this semester. Hey parents, thanks for listening to this episode of Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. For all those resources that I talked about in the podcast, you can check out flourishinggrace.org slash parentcenter along with other resources like articles, podcasts, and videos uh, that and books as well that help you disciple your students there. Also, uh, check out flourishinggrace.org slash students for all of our student events that your kids can get plugged into. And I meant what I said, if you, uh, I would love for you to email me or text me, come talk to me, let me buy you some coffee. Um, I'd love to get to know you more and help you disciple your students well. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening again. We'll see you in the next one.